We are back in the Annotate Agency studio for a chat with Pat and I am very lucky and happy to be joined by the wonderful founder of the Youth Revolt, Aaron Broccoli. Welcome, my man. Thanks, Patty. Good to be here. Yeah. First first podcast session, you said. It is. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> go, go easy on me, but I'm um, excited for a good chat. <laughs> um, so, I remember when we ever first met, I mean, I think hopefully people listen to this in the podcast, we had, I think, an automatic connection, mate, and... I'm really excited for this chat and to talk about your journey for the Youth Revolt. You're a gun runner as well. You ran the Melbourne Marathon in a quick time, but um, you're definitely one of those people I drew inspiration from and really wanted to get on here quickly. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Appreciate it. Where did it all begin, I guess, for Youth Revolt, mate? Let's go right back. Yeah, mate. I was, I was having to think about this um, actually today and where it all began and um, started off as selling vintage clothes back in, I think it started around... 2015, mm. um, just come off the classic gap year in Europe, you know, finding yourself and all those <laughs> kind of things. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on a bus um, going down through Italy, no money left. And I was like, you know, when I go back to Melbourne, what do I want to do, right? Like, what's my what's my mission? What's my, what's my goal? What's my purpose? And I thought to myself, like, one thing <clears throat> that I really have a lot of is is confidence and abundance and joy and stuff. And I really want to give that to people. Mm. So I'm not a good drawer, not very, you know, like artistically gifted. So I was thinking, what can I do? Who can I link up with to give joy to people? Um, and that's how the Youth Revolt started. If I could, you know, give someone a piece of clothing to wear and make them feel good about themselves, then mission accomplished and I was a, I was a happy boy. So that's kind of how it, how it started. Was there something about being in Italy and knowing that you're going back to no money and really like no like, I guess I'm not using the word no prospects, I'm sure you yeah, well. had a lot. Was there <laughs> something about that moment that really, like, like they added to your capacity to develop the youth revolt? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I think definitely, yes, it was that coming from a place of I had nothing to lose, right? Yeah. Like, there was no fear. I wasn't going to be, like, you know, act on what if it fails, what if it doesn't, because it just had to work. There was no other option. And yeah. I feel like that's something that still is really really prominent in my life the fact that you know like it might sound a bit arrogant to say out loud but there's nothing anyone can tell me that will stop me from doing something if i want to do something it'll it'll happen and you could probably ask my partner maybe there's something that <laughs> she doesn't let me do but you know it's it's more so that mindset of coming back yeah let's roll into it yeah and make it happen so what was the first steps when you came back off that plane to you off the plane europe you've got this sick idea I mean, take the listeners through the process of like what were the first steps I guess you had to do. And I'm, I'm sure there was rude awakenings in the journey about having to get a vintage clothing business going. There was there was a lot. Well, first of all, I didn't have any money. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a rude <laughs> shock. Getting off the plane, I was like, sick, I want to resell all this vintage. Yeah. And you got to buy it. So you need money. So, you know, I've always been a big believer in work hard, good things will happen. So at one stage when I got back, I worked at a cafe. Shout out to Milk Bar down in Mount Martha. <laughs> um, I worked at a, a bar in Mornington and then I also worked at Officeworks, yeah. stacking shelves at night. Fuck so hustle. Yeah. yeah, but it was like the end vision was always get home at night, start start creating, start mood boards, Pinterests, Instagram accounts of just stuff that felt right. And I've always been a believer in put stuff out there and it'll, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. And it kind of just fell into that. And then I actually discovered a show called Round Two. I'm not sure if you're familiar, familiar nah, with them. Nah. So there are a bunch of awesome guys um, in America that 
thrift around and look for vintage clothes. And they have a YouTube account. And it was very, very poorly made, the original stuff. But I saw it and I was like, these are just guys. Like, they're me. Like, I can do that if they're doing it. And they kind of blew up and I just followed in their footsteps. Used to go to Salvo's, um, you know, Savers. Every single time I had, you know, free time. And then I was like, right, let's let's put it on the internet, see if it happens. And I started getting sales from people I didn't know. And I was like, oh my God, like, people actually want this. And then I'd get DMs from people saying like, you know, wore this t-shirt um, on a first date. Like, you know, the, the girl complimented on it. Like, you know, thanks so much. And I'm like, wow, people are people are getting a lot of joy out of this. So I love Doctor. Kept Three building. Clothes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's unreal. That's unreal. So he kept building. And then like, like why, why vintage clothing? I guess like, you know, I'm sure that creativity, like, cause now you're starting, which we'll get into your own clothes. Mm. But why didn't you do that then instead of just jump and jump into vintage clothing? Yeah, good question. I, I was thinking about that um, yeah. actually today. And I think a part of it, like a really truthful, honest answer was, I think maybe it was easier to put something out that wasn't mine, if that makes sense. Like I could kind of, you know, not hide behind someone else's designs and stuff like that. But I knew... Nostalgia, 90s, you know, old Nike, Adidas. I knew that'd be a home run. I knew that's what people mm. like and they'd really, you know, adapt and get along with. So I thought maybe that's a good starting place. I knew I liked it um, and that's all I've ever done. Things that I like, just start creating and doing and then people, if they like it, they like it. Happy days. But I guess at the end of the day, like I just do things that I think are cool and then mm. people like it. I'm like, sweet. But I think... Yeah. That's kind of how the vintage started. I knew it would be a safer option, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because at the time was it was going up like quite yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, like what, I guess when you're looking for items, I know I had Tyler Annan on here and he has his own kind of um, outlook and how he picks items. I guess you talk about things that you like. So what are some of the things that you look for in items and you resell them themselves? Is anything specific like from your expectations? Or yeah. Yeah, good question. There's, there's, a, there's a range of things. Like, I'm really personally into, like, the old NBA stuff. So any team, like, you know, the older the better. And, and when I mean older, I mean that... And having the Instagram page and stuff, I've had people DM me and things I never would have thought of, right? Like, mm. hey, if you see T-shirts with massive holes in them or rips or cigarette stains, like, that's something I would buy off you. <laughs> I was like, shit? <laughs> that's, a, that's a market. So I usually would have left that stuff and now... I'll message people directly and be like, hey, I found this. Do you want it? They're like, yeah, 100%. So I don't even put it on the website. I just yeah. give it to them almost at costs and happy days and I know that they're going to love it. Um, but for me personally, like the old Nike stuff, the Adidas, like the Agassi stuff is just mental. Like mm. you get that old picture of him with the hair on the, on the court. Like it's just sick. And I think like the nostalgic aspect of it. Um, I met so many cool people literally through that page um, that have just taught me things. Like, you know, like what a different tag means. If you see a red Nike tag with a grey cutout, that means it's from 1991 to 1997. I've probably got those years wrong. But, you know, like all these different stages and people just love it. Like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and I saw this and I was never allowed to buy fresh T-shirts and now I've got this. And it's crazy. It's such a cool feeling and like a, such a nice community that I think my taste has kind of evolved around learning about the industry yeah so like yeah you've developed your taste around your audience and yeah. listening to what they want and giving them what they want 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we go back like right to the start of your journey, like working three jobs and trying to resell vintage clothing and then now it's like up and coming. I mean, whatever, I guess ever times where you thought like of what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> every, every day. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Like it was one of those things, especially, and i tell you what, Pat, it was one of those funny things. Like you get, every time you start a business, I think you would have been almost similar with the podcast yeah. or all the awesome things you're doing as well. Like you'll always get friends, elder people that are just kind of outside your circle will, will say things and like, oh, mm. yeah, clothes, like come on, like yeah. get a real job kind of thing. And I think it's getting past those comments which really propels you into the future. Like if you can get past that initial fear of, oh, what's this guy going to say? What's, you know, then that really just makes you unstoppable. Like you can do it. No way am I saying my brand's unstoppable, but is it from a mental perspective? Like, you know, if you get past the fact of, and I think that's probably the hardest thing if what the people closest to you might say with little comments and things like that. Mm. If you can get past that side of it, then the world's your oyster. And I found that, Honestly, early days of being in my room trying to do things on my laptop and posting stuff on social media and getting no likes or like DMs in group chat to be like, oh, I just see, you know, what Aaron did. And not like, it's not, you know, harsh and, you know, vicious. But yeah. you hear these little things and you start to go, well, maybe, fuck it. Do I just get a nine to five, you know, as a normal job and just definitely feel safe that. life yeah. and see how we go? Yeah. So what kept you through? Like, honestly, like what broke you through that? What made you different? Yeah, well, I was going to say some of my inspirational figures, and one of them was going to be Kanye. But yeah. Oh, yeah. After uh, what's, <laughs> what's been going, going on? Yeah, know, uh, we'll wipe that we'll, we'll pick another one. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's just like, and we spoke about this the other day, like a couple of weeks ago, just like the content you surround yourself with. And like my circle has gotten so much smaller and better, if you ask me. Like the people I communicate with may not be every day, but, you know, on a monthly basis, whatever it is. I draw inspiration from them. Like, you know, people connect with when you're out, when you're at the gym, when you're running, when you're on social media, whatever it is, that becomes like, what's that quote? You are who you surround yourself, who are you surround yourself with. And I yeah. don't, I think that could not be truer. Um, and you see it like, right. You see the other side, you see, if you do start to go down the path of partying every week and those kind of things, yeah. like those friends are only there on a Saturday night for you. Yeah. And you're like, well, is that what I want out of my life? So, yeah. Pretty tough lessons. It's interesting because I was literally walked in today and I said to Kane, I said, um, I said, I've noticed that like a lot of the people I'm connecting with on social media, like yourself, for example, mm. and like having this, I guess, shared vision and drive or whatever and creative thinking, the more the people I want to find myself spending time with. And it's not like against my mates or anything. Yeah, like, definitely. it's just like, oh, I've got this end goal and I want to pick the brains of other people to keep me motivated to get me there. And like it's interesting when you said as well, like you know, the thought of you know wanting to get there and is much more worth than the pain of just staying in your fears. 100%. Like, um, yeah, and it, it, I can totally relate because we're putting the same trajectory. I hope, <laughs> like, um, it's just like, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like, you, you start getting inspiration off the people who've kind of been there and done that in any other creative project, yeah. And I think that's like what you said there. One of my big things in life yeah. is like you never listen to the advice of people that haven't done what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. So like for you, for example, if I was trying to start a podcast, I'd listen to you. But would I listen to my friends who just have opinions on things? Like, yeah, yeah I would, but you always listen to people who have done what you're trying to do. And everyone else, 
Yeah, like it's feedback and it's, but at the end of the day, it's just noise. Like I want to know the best person. Like if I want to know how to run a, you know, a sub three marathon, I'll ask someone who's done it 20, 30, 40 times. Yeah, and I often find that, add to that, the worst people to ask are like your friends and family. <laughs> like, if I this, was you, if I was Yeah, like, they've just got this, yeah. this set bias and uh, about yeah. what you should and can't do. I almost say like they because they love and care too much. Like, in yeah, because they're too close. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. interesting. Like, how many like mid-20-year-old blokes want to start a podcast? Like, yeah. <laughs> so many, but it's we just... about it before. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> but then I kind of, you know, wouldn't want it any, any, any other way. Like, the, the pain of... The pain of like thinking of sitting there with the feelings of like knowing that you didn't do anything instead of the feeling That's of like, worse. oh, knowing that you could like waiting to go and do it is yeah. so much more yeah. worth it. Like that short term pain over the long term memory of just like not doing anything at all. Could, like could not. And it's just sick meeting people like yourself, like you're on that phone. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about so sort of the journey so far, I guess when I know you talked about how people were messaging you a lot. And saying that, oh, this is sick, this is dope. But I guess when was the moment that you really thought, well, I'm really on to something here? Like, was it a specific time or, or anything that you remember specifically at all? Yeah, good question. I think it was honestly when I, like, stepping away from the vintage stuff, when I did my first, like, collection of the Youth Revolt, um, like, as its own brand with wow. You're Wearing the Hoodie, yeah, love it. Um, and the reception that got, like, honestly like brought me to tears like i'm a very emotional person as it is but like <laughs> the night that we dropped it and like all the hard work that went behind the scenes like people listening obviously that have got clothing brands and stuff like that would know the pain like it went through not even lying probably two years of stock coming the wrong way and like the cuts were wrong the material was wrong like placement on there was like a couple of inches lower and i just knew i was like it has to be perfect, perfect. like i mean i'm in a rush but i'm also not in a rush um, and just like obsessing over it almost too much. Like I had ugh, easily, not even joking, probably over 500 designs. And I ended wow. up doing four t-shirts, a hoodie, two socks and a hat or two hats. Wow. So it was just like cutting that down and like back to your original question, when it dropped that night, like, oh man, like I expected a few sales from like friends and stuff and like, you know, family for a bit of support. But like when I had like over 50% of it was random people I'd never met before. Like had a few people from like Belgium, like random countries, a few people in California, New Zealand, WA, like never even been there. Like, yeah. how, like how did they find out about this? How did it? So it's not like, I don't like to talk about the numbers, but doing something like that, all the two years of like literal, not blood, but sweat and yeah. tears, um, paying off. It was like sick. All right, this is you got something here. Keep keep going. Like, what's next? You got to you got to keep going. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I mean, yeah, two years. That's, that's was, a yeah. That's a long time. I mean, like, what was the reason why? Because you said you're not a creative person in design. I mean, mm. what was the reason why you did? Yeah, you did transition into making clothes. Yeah, I think I think it was just like the vintage market. It just got harder and harder, especially through COVID, mm. to buy stuff. Yep. Like, it was so expensive. I was buying t-shirts for like 70 US and then I have to try and sell them for like, you know, 100, 110 to make a profit. And it wasn't, it was never about making money with the vintage. So I just found it really hard to justify charging a lot more for stuff that I just wanted people to have. Yeah. Yeah. So like we'd go to Tokyo, we'd go to LA and like buy all this stuff and bring it back. I'd be like, yeah, like price it at that. And then like one of my mates was like, no, no, like you bought that for more than that. I was like, yeah, but... I just want to give access, give people access to it. Mm. 
So probably not a very good business move. <laughs> <laughs> there you and go. Then, yeah, then I was like, cool. Like, honestly, we got, I got one shot at this. I want to do my own stuff and and see how it goes. And yeah. Do you design it all yourself or do you have anyone? I do. Like- I've got um, a designer, Kaido, his name is, lovely man. Um, I actually met him in Tokyo and now he's moved over here. Um, so he does most of the designs. Like, he's just the best guy. Um, super creative and super patient and puts up with me saying, no, I want it like yeah. this and like this. Um, and then the rest, the rest is me, just like placement and garments and that cuts and like the materials and stuff is me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just like really get into him about what I want and he really gets it. And yeah. it's, it's a really good synergy. It's sick. Are you able to give listeners, I guess, you know, obviously Melbourne and the clothing scene mad at the moment, everyone's making labels everything's blowing up at the moment. I mean, are you ever given insight about like almost a step-by-step process just so people know just like what the grind is like? So yeah. you go, you know, A, B, C, like it's suppliers, design, like how, what is that process and just how difficult is it? Yeah, it's like, it's 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 pretty like, i use the word like challenging because it's worth it. Yeah. Um, but step-by-step process, like for me, it's literally like I said before, Instagram, Pinterest, like literally sketching things out hanging stuff on my walls, like putting things in the bathroom, like next to the mirror. So I think about it. Like I'll, my inspiration comes from like talking to people like in real life. Like I don't really read that many books. I don't really like study too much into it. It's just things that happen to me. Like the whole life is beautiful. The way that started was just like, I heard it. There's a festival in Vegas called life is beautiful. I was like, isn't that fucking cool? Because (laughs) to me, like life is beautiful is about like there's the good about life and then there's bad about life but how you deal with the good and how you deal with the bad yeah. is what makes it beautiful yeah. because it wouldn't be beautiful if life was good all the time we were on yachts and we were up here like you wouldn't know how to deal with life when it gets down here mm. so i found that really beautiful and i was like yeah i just kept like saying it it was in my head and i was like <laughs> why can't i get this out of my yeah. head and then that kind of stuck for the first collection but in terms of the process like yeah it'll start with just writing sketching putting things on paper and then if i've got a design in my mind i'll go to literally go to kaido and be like hey man like what do you think about this da, da, da. Mm-hmm. um and then i've got a really good man i used to box with kez who owns all above printing she does all my printing down there um she's awesome like always lets me come in and like see how it's made and behind the scenes like lets me like you know get in there um and then sourcing the materials like come from literally anywhere in the world there, w- there is a day that i want to have it all australian made yeah um like my good friends down at the snake hole they're all australian made now um and their quality of their garments is like unbelievable but at the moment like for me it's some's in china some's in pakistan we're looking at shirts in bali for the next collection um it's yeah all over the world but what i would say to anyone like aspiring to to get into that world get your money up first like yeah. for at least samples and and at least know what you like because what i do to to manufacturers i'll see a hoodie or buy a shirt or whatever and i'll send it to them and be like can you do something like this except cut it here length should be this da, 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 da. Mm. and then it starts with that process wow yeah it's a long <laughs> it's it's long but it's worth it <laughs> no one it took you two years <laughs> yeah. and then covid started and shipping delays and yeah how fun. did that impact it <sighs> a lot yeah yeah <laughs> well it was just like timing and then like my guy, my guy, like my contact at the factory. My like, guy. <laughs> he, he got COVID and then like, but the cool thing about working with the manufacturers, they're super responsive. They're always on WhatsApp. Like I'll message, yeah. I'll have an idea at 
5 a.m. on a Tuesday when I wake up. He's like, yeah, we can do that, sir. I'm like, awesome. So it's like so good to work with when you find the right supplier. But one tip I would give is be very wary of the sample. If you ever get samples from people before you do a big run, because sometimes what they'll do, they'll send you like the best quality sample off the, like the cotton of the, the roll is supreme. But then when you do a big run of, you know, 100, 200, 300 garments, they'll send you the the bad stuff. So you've got to, yeah, that'd be my one tip because I've been caught out with that and, there are a few uh, friendly emails back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the key traits, I guess, for people starting out a business or a clothing business that they need? Like, I know fashion and design is a different world, but very competitive. Mm. So, like, what are some of the key traits you find that not only you have, but even your inspirations and mentors have that is so integral to starting a, a clothing business? Yeah, good question. I think find your niche, right? Like, do you need to exist would be my number one piece of advice. Like... If you're just making things for the sake of it, like, you know, like you need to have a reason. Like, And my reason, I think, is, you know, like we touched on before, mm. giving people confidence. Like I go to sleep happy at night knowing that if someone bought something from me, they feel good about themselves. Yeah. Or they feel like they can go and chase their dreams or, you know, ask that girl out or move overseas and start a whole new life because, you know, 1% of it, had to do with the confidence that they get from wearing something they love and feel good about themselves. Like that's just, love it. That's, I love that. Um, But in terms of, yeah, like the business side of things, like I said before, the snake hole, big inspirations of mine, like being Australian made and showing the whole process. Like they're really good on their like socials of showing behind the scenes and, you know, it's not all glitz and glamour and opening mm. nights and stuff like that. So people love that, right? Yeah. Love the transparency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you see like even podcasts mm. and stuff is very, we want to know how it's made. Like, yeah. We just want to, don't want to see the end product. And yeah. I think that's something I could probably do a better job of as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, people, like, they, they see success, right? Like, so if a guy walks into a bar with a Rolex mm. and they see that this guy's got a Rolex on and they see that value of the, uh, the Rolex, but they'd rather know, that, like, once you start talking to the guy and how yeah. he got it, yeah. it's, like, takes it more valuable. And uh, I found fashion and brands... Um, like I've never bought like there's some brands I haven't bought shit off but I love their story like I'm mm. invested in it and then I find like I'll drop three T's or four T's like yeah. there's so many of it and then like I Love Ugly is good like Sick. I'll harp on them yeah. and their concepts massively yeah. like Valentin Ozich like he's like I can give you quality through clothing or I can give you quality through self-development and things the like best. that yeah. um, which is amazing and so important mm. for an audience. And it strikes me that you're a bit like that way with the life is beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, they're, and they're awesome. I think they're a massive inspiration. I like they've yeah. got podcasts now, all their garments yeah. come with like, you know, a message and a meaning behind them. Yeah. And that's what we want. I feel like you can get a t-shirt from anywhere. Yeah. But like, what am I saying about myself? Like the, you know, like I heard a quote ages ago. It's like, it's illegal to be naked. So <laughs> what you're doing when you're selling clothes is helping people decide how they want to adhere to the law. Yeah. Like everyone has to wear clothes. Yeah. So what, what do you choose to wear? And what do you, what do you want to say to the world about yourself when you put something on? Yeah. That's a, like, we probably don't think about that, but that's really what it is. Mm. Was there anything, I guess, personally that you thought that you really needed to like kind of like, I mean, you, I sense that you have this like self-development and really mm. key about, you know, like life is beautiful, that slogan, you touched on it before. Was there anything that kind of triggered you into going down this path and to really spread that message? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, a few things like growing up, um, had a few 
you know, mates that, you know, had some mental health issues, had one of my best mates, um, unfortunately, you know, take his own life and those kind of things, like those challenging events really, like, make you reconsider and think about how precious life is. So, you know, like, another thing that I love is, you know, what, I'm 29 now, I've got 50 years left if I'm lucky, right? So do you want to let someone's opinion of you or their thought process, what you should be doing, hold you back in your life? Like, no way, I don't have time for that. Like, there's nothing, no, that's that's not it. So I think you've just got to have that mindset always of, you know, it doesn't, every day doesn't have to be roses and happy days, but looking for, you know, like not just simple things, like not complaining about shit, right? Like, oh. there's always like, you know those people, like you laugh and you uh, smile straight yeah. like we all know and complain, but oh. there's always a solution. Like, let's work through the problem together. Sit down, let's grab a coffee, let's chat through it. Like, I just, I don't have time for the, the negativity and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's hard, right? You catch yourself doing that. We have shit days. We, we get sad. It's a natural part of life. But I think as long as you can be aware in that moment of like, okay, I reacted like that straight mm. away. Is that how I want to react from now? And it's, it's really, really tough. But yeah. I think, yeah, just stepping back a lot and thinking, all right, is this really worth it? Like, do I need to be worrying about this? The answer most likely is probably not. not. Yeah, you can, that shines through through your concept, the the brand of um, the youth revolt. Like, Thank you. It's yeah. it's so cool. Like the life is beautiful stuff, and you're exactly right. Like the fucking complainers. Like, are normally the people that really haven't been able to do things themselves, like or have got enough insecurities that you know life isn't going the way they wanted to go. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so they portray that on everyone else. It's just like it's so it's so so sad. Um, in regards to like your inspiration, not design wise, but fashion wise, right? Mm. Like, who are some of the biggest inspirations you find other than Kanye? Like, we couldn't do <laughs> Kanye. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I just think like um, Tyler the Creator. Love how love what he wears. Love his style. Most of the NBA players now dressing dressing pretty whack. I mean, you know, it's Russell Westbrook half the shit he wears. Westbrook <laughs> Harden was wearing like a Grinch jumper the other day, looking like. A, <laughs> but I mean. No, honestly, like the streets of Melbourne, yeah. like seeing people wear cool shit. Like, I never would have thought to wear that with that. And yeah, it's sick. I honestly think just living in Melbourne and walking around the streets. Um, I was just up in the Gold Coast lately and I was just thinking to myself, like just people taking risks down here with a few things. Like mm. it's never been, you know, I've never been a risky dresser, but you know, seeing people walk down the street with green hair and necklace and like a blue jumper. I was like, that's sick. Yeah. You feel so happy and good about yourself. Like good for you. So I think just living in, in, you know, Melbourne and it's just the inspiration you see everywhere is on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any brands like in Melbourne that you kind of, again, get inspiration from or that you keep an eye out on? Yeah, not usually. I would say I Love Ugly is a big one. Um, the Snake Hole I mentioned before. Push Pull, those those guys are awesome. I see them everywhere. Killing it. Hey, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, Few Peninsula boys, they're they're more. I think I've actually been on the podcast. Speak share. Oh yeah, speak they got share some boys, cool yeah. hoodies and they're doing some awesome good, stuff. Absolute legends. Yeah, some, like they're people you meet and they're just good mates. Yeah, like instantly, like yourself. Yeah, yes. cool. But um, yeah, not like that's the thing. I just like clothing with a message behind it. Mm. Um, and obviously those boys, like what they're doing, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, anything along along those lines really just gives me inspiration. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's. I mean, it's talking about the ma massive market especially in Melbourne right like mm. clothings and clothing streetwear and startups I mean how do you find to stay unique in like a flooded market like that 
I mean, like, do, is that your aim? And like, or how have you ever found that you needed to be unique in the flooded market like that? Yeah, I, I think yes and no. Like, I, the uniqueness of it is you've got your core customers who've been you since day one, and like, speak to most of them almost, you know, not daily, probably weekly about new ideas. And I'll DM them. We're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing stuff like this. What do you think? Like, I've got a group of friends now in Adelaide who just through the youth revolt. I'm starting to work with them. He's starting up. He knows like his own label. Um, so we're, we're helping each other out in that aspect, but to keep unique, it's all about, you know, your, your message through what are people going to resonate with and what is authentic? Cause I feel like you said before with, with the market being so saturated, if you're not authentic and you're doing it for the wrong reasons, like you're going to get found out pretty quick. So if you're not true to who you are and what you believe, people aren't, aren't going to respond. Like with the second collection, the, um, the, the message was you can do it too. And it was on Virgil Abloh's um, post he did when he did Louis Vuitton fashion show. And that just resonated with me so much. There was this guy that had just hit the peak of his power and his first thought was, anyone seeing this, if I can do it, you can do it. Like how many people would, would post that? I mean, if every other person would have said, you know, what a great show it was. I'm so happy with, with how it went. But his first thought was... If you're seeing this, you are also great. Like you're not, I'm not better than you. You can do it too. And I was yeah. like, that is just like, what a guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It's so true though. But like, I mean, authenticity just in a market, like not it's any market like that, even look, even like podcasts as well, like and stuff like that. They get found out quick. I think just in any market or mm. people that, like who have the ability to know what the audience wants as well. Like is, is, is a big element between the two as well. But yeah, um, a lot of you find that the people that we've talked about, like I love ugly, even the push pull, like Jesse's mm. coming on here. Like they're even just messaging him through Instagram. You see out the authenticity and, and genuine feel thing it, yeah. out of it. Like yeah. that's, that's being genuine and authentic. I mean, like in virtual app, like you said, that quote, like that's authentic person. It's like yeah. bringing other people up. Like yeah. there is enough meat, on, there is enough of the pie for everyone. Like it's just in tall poppy syndrome, I think it's just. It's a big Aussie thing, on. isn't it? It's massive it's Aussie it. New yeah. Zealand. I mean, was that ever like deterred you away? Like in the process, mate? Like I, I get, I guess, like I'm interested and curious about like how intimidating it would be. But like, has that ever deterred you away that maybe it's not? like a thing like I could get this and there's all these bigger brands and how do you manage that yeah I'd be lying if I said no to be yeah. honest like and it's something we spoke about before like yeah it's something you just have to battle through and then without those hurdles and those mm. doubts and stuff like that you don't get to where you want to get to so yeah. that's the like one of my favorite books um, by Ryan Holiday the obstacle is the way yeah have you read that I've read uh daily stoic oh yeah, yeah. He's, everyone can read that he's, he's <laughs> a king. but just reframing stuff like you know he'd say like you know people's opinions and your your setbacks in your own mind are actually the way through mm. you're like oh okay so like even just reframing stuff like that you're like oh okay like even if i don't think i can do it guess what like i actually i can but i just don't think i can at this moment but yeah. if i keep working away at said thing then i'll get there because i have to mm. and there's no other way like you, if you really want to do something you'll you'll do it yeah, you'll you always find a way, like, yeah. if you really want it bad enough. But on like, the contrary, yeah, super... like, if you don't want to do it, you'll find a way not to do it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Like, you'll find the things, the reasons not to, and limiting beliefs yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, in any creative design or process, I think everyone, I think that's the thing that, that's a common goal, even like Kane and Amy, you started this agency, it's like the, the, 
there's you're gonna find a way to make it work if you yeah. want it bad enough. And yeah. like, um, often say on this podcast is like, you know, anyone can kind of do it. Like anyone can create something. Like mm. the creation of something that you've made and you wake up to is nothing better. Like and it's, you, yeah. Yeah, and it's like what I really love about meeting people like you as well. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, contagious. It's so contagious. Yeah, you surround yourself with those people. You surround yourself with yeah. people. It's the best thing that you can do. I mean, like looking back now, what advice would you give in this process for the whole thing? Would you give yourself? Like would you do anything different or would? Oh, I do a lot of things different, Pat, I think. <laughs> um, no, I, I think like ultimately like just go for it. Like there's no there, there's no plan B. Like if you want to do something, like I said before, I think a lot of the, a lot of the the main thing that people skip over, and the thing that I think I skipped over initially was, and it's probably you know you don't hear so many podcasts or you know like advice that people give, but you do need money at the start. I think that's something that you know you read these success stories like we just did it and like you know four Absolutely. of us, <laughs> like you do need money to a certain point. Um, so I think until you become profitable or at least breaking even, then, you know, like my advice would be have something on the side. You may not love it, but what you do from, you know, you've got your eight hours at work, you've got your eight hours of sleep, what you do with that third eight hours, that's like, that should fulfill you. Mm. And you need to find something there. If it makes you money, great. If it doesn't, like learn the piano, learn how to make clay pots, do... <laughs> do an improv class, like do what fulfills you. Because if you don't have that and your fulfillment isn't there, like you, you won't live a very, you know, fulfilled life, I guess. Yeah. So I think like what I would say to anyone starting or like to my, to my younger self, like if you're passionate about it, go for it in that eight hour block, but make sure you've got income coming into fuel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So not just, yeah, being a broke. Yeah. Like, make sure you're funding well, to yourself a degree, right? typing. Like, yeah. yeah, you can be broke, but you got to, you know, you still got to pay rent. The bills are still yeah. going to be due, but you can still chase your dreams in the other time you've got yeah. allotted, I guess. I mean, how did you find, I mean, because obviously, um, like the products, you've developed your product and your marketing journey. Mm. I mean, how? what are some of the key lessons in that and getting your like actual brand across and the word out there? Like, what did you find were the biggest help and like helpful things that you did that really kind of pushed it forward in the right direction yeah i think consistency that's the yeah. main thing and like we spoke about this the other day like um what was that state you told me about podcasts that the that fail it's like the if you do oh, seven the, episodes yeah yeah the um what was it this putting you on the spot here seven episodes <laughs> or if it's something this like is on the spot listen if you do it's like if you get to 10 podcast episodes then your success rate is like 95%. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, So if yeah. you keep going with yeah. it, and I think that's true with pretty much anything in life, especially the marketing side of it. Yeah. Like you need to be doing consistent Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, like whatever it is. Mm. And it becomes a bit laborious, but the results are there. Um, we also did like we did banners, um, on our banners, like post up kind of posters around Chapel Street and stuff. And that was pretty cool. Could I measure the ROI? Probably not. But it was cool <laughs> to just like drive past mates. Like, oh, I just saw your poster. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in terms of the marketing journey, um, I started marketing at, at school, like uh. at university. So that kind of helped a bit. Um, but everything you gets online. Like I did this marketing course on, it's called HubSpot. Helped me so much with the sales. Like there's a lot of stuff that you just overlook. You're like, cool, I've made clothes. Now like people are just going to come and buy them. Like how does this work? So you need to, you need to know that side of it as well so like as much education as you can give yourself 
to to launch and stay consistent, I would say go for it. Yeah, consistency always trumps all. Mm. I mean, when was the first moment? I guess can you take? Do you remember the first moment when you saw someone wearing your kit? And oh. like that'll be a really cool insider here. And like what happened? Like it was bloody yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was down in South Melbourne Market. Um, and we were buying, like, we were literally just walking through. Um, and it was that hoodie. It was literally the back of that hoodie. Really? The and because one. the back of it, like, sparkles, it's got, like, 3M, like, um, print in it. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, we are walking through, and there was, like, a big floodlight at the top because it was, like, it was pretty early, so it wasn't that bright. And it just literally caught out of the corner of my eye like a freaking movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I said to M, my um, partner, I was like, that looks like the, like, Life is Beautiful hoodie. And she's like, yeah. It's just like, it is. I was like, oh my God. So I went up. It was just some guy. And I was like, hey man, like, how are you, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, good. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, because I wasn't wearing anything. Like, I was just wearing like normal clothes. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's my label. He's like, oh, bullshit. And started talking. I was like, how'd you find it? He's like, oh, I don't know. Just like, I was on Instagram. I saw it. And I was like, oh, I like, like was it an ad? And so I was like, no, I just, yeah, don't even remember how I found it. <laughs> I was like, sick. So from that day forward, I was like, so good. Then I'll get like, um, Actually, this happened the other day. Um, one of my mates told me, Grace, she was like literally getting into her car and she had, I think it was this hoodie. And some guy riding past on a bike goes, oh, the Youth Revolt. Yeah, yeah, I love you. <laughs> and she called me. She's like, do you know anyone that lives in Elwood? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no idea. So whoever that was, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. But yeah, just hearing random stories like that, it's just, Makes my day like so sick. Yeah, that that would be like the sickest feeling. Like, I reckon. Yeah, like just the first time seeing someone wear your shit is like fuck yeah. yeah like, just talking to it, bro. It's like, like yeah. oh, that's like that's made it. That's somehow got in like so far yeah. to them on their thing. Yeah, fuck, that's so sick. Um, so I guess I kind of um, kind of close the show towards the end with a question. Yeah. Um, and all, ask all the guests this. I guess where do you see yourself five years from now? I mean, and, and the youth revolt, if you can picture that in there. Like, what, what, like, where do you see things going for me and where do you see yourself five years from now? Where do I see myself in five years? I feel like I'm in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, we, we recently opened a photography space, so hopefully that grows and that gets a bit of momentum yeah. down in Cheltenham. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, like, with youth revolt, I just want to keep, as cheesy as it sounds, keep making people happy and keep making yeah. people think their dreams can come true and give them confidence and whatever that looks like i i don't know but i just want to yeah live a fulfilled life and make sure i'm providing value to people around me making people happy make sure i'm happy but in terms of the collection and stuff yeah like who knows could do shoes next we could do shirts we could do do whatever you want like i said before i got 50 years left if i'm lucky until i'm dead so i want to just keep living and keep doing things that that make me happy yeah that's the like I don't know like it's so cheesy like people say it but yeah. for a reason like this is and I've definitely learned this is like fuck all I just want to do is like you know I guess work hard make my dreams come true and make other people happy and feel loved like and connected it's simple. and like yeah. it's just a simple life and you feel so fulfilled doing it like like there is no other reason than to live life. Like that's what I fucking think. Yeah. Like then to sit there. here and just bring other people up and have a good time. And I, I really feel that with you as even from the first time we met. Mate, the Youth Revolt's yeah. killing it. Happy to hear the story. Um, thank you for joining the potty, mate. It's been an absolute blessing and you're going to kill it. Thanks, mate. Appreciate you having me on. Big love. Thank you. Everyone go check out the Youth Revolt. If you don't, you're silly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Listeners, Snake Edwards on the recorder here. This one's a belter. <laughs> 